Romans chapter number 12, verse 1. I'm reading out the King James Version. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amen? So that's what the Word of God says out of the King James. King James, Paul is begging them. He said, look, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. All right, thank you very much. Now, I want to get into a prayer right now. We're going to get right into this word. Amen. It's time for the word. Hallelujah. Praise God. Renew your mind. Father, we thank you right now for the Holy Spirit. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. We thank you for the anointing to teach your word. We thank you for the anointing to minister your word this morning. And people uh, hearing your word, let the Spirit of God bring conviction in our hearts. Amen. That the word of God will change our lives. And we won't be in religion, tradition of men. We will be saved for real. It's time to be saved for real, church. In the blessed name of our Lord Jesus, we pray. Thank you for your precious blood. Thank you for your righteousness, your peace, your joy, and the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, so we're going to get right into God's word. Just want to remind you that we are teaching a series. And this series is called Renew Your Mind. This series is called Renew Your Mind. Now, I did part one, how do I renew my mind? Then I taught on part number two, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Amen. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, if I'm renewed in the spirit of my mind, then I got to put off the old man. Put on the new man. Be renewed in the spirit of our mind. But I want to take you back to something that God showed me in Colossians chapter number one. And this, this verse, man, I tell you, this verse just ministers. You know, there are times when God will give you some scriptures and they'll just minister to you. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet has he reconciled. I'm showing you it's God who did it all. When it comes down to renewing your mind, it's going to take the Holy Spirit. You can't do this. No man can do this. That's my reason why I believe I want to minister this. Because as a pastor of 35 years and 40 years of ministry, I've had people to tell me what they had to do to be saved and how they're going to get this done. You're not going to get none of this done, not in the new covenant. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Everything in the new covenant is done by the Holy Spirit. That's why he gave you his faith. He has dealt to every man the measure of faith, Romans 12 and 3. Why do you think he gave you his faith? So you can believe his word. 
so we can believe his word. All right, so in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, and you that were sometime alienated enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet has he now reconciled. How did he do it? In the body of his flesh, through death, to present us holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. See, Christ already did it. He already did it. Everything is done. That's why it's called grace. That's why preaching the gospel of Christ is called the gospel grace because everything is in the past tense. It's already been done. It's not like you got to do something. It's not the Old Testament. Old Testament, you had to do. You had to keep. See, that's Old Testament. No, no, no. That's New Covenant. Not the New Covenant. New Covenant, you just got to believe. Somebody got to know it, understand it, and preach it to you, and you got to believe it. And the Holy Ghost will do the rest. Yes, sir, that's how it's going to work. Now, this morning, we got onto something, and we told you about our new message today is Romans chapter number 8. Let's go to today's message. This is part 6. Under this series, now we just started this series, Renew Your Mind. We're already on part six. I'm telling you, this thing is awesome because it's given to me by the Holy Spirit. It's given to me by the Holy Spirit. So Romans chapter eight, and verse number five. It said, for they that are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. Now, if this is, isn't this awesome to know that the month of May. My daughter, remind me of this. Sandra, remind me of this. She said, Pastor, she said, this is Mental Health Awareness Month, the month of May. She said, God gave you this series in the month of May. I said, isn't that awesome? The church, I've been telling the church, I'm, I pastor, one day God will let me do this. Isn't this something? And God let me do it in the month of May. Telling us to renew our minds. See, I just can't go to church like I used to and just pretend that I was saved. I come in this Sunday, may not see me no more in another week or two, three weeks of, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm coming to the first service, I ain't coming to the second. You know, that's, that's what the life was. I believe all that's going to change. I believe when God finished and then we come back in the house of the Lord, I believe we're going to ready to have some church. If we, if we know, you know what I'm talking about, having some church. I'm, I believe we're going to be ready for this word. I believe we're going to take this word of God in our hearts, and we're going to believe God's word because we're going to have to understand how it was in the old covenant. They had to live by the word. When you realize that this is how you live, not just I got life through the word, I got to live every day by the word. I got to trust God for everything I get. See, I got to believe God for everything I get. Your health, your strength, your div the divine protection. You got to believe God for this stuff. See, God already gave it to us through his son. And all we got to do is believe God for it. It's already been done. God did it. But he wants his children to believe him. What an awesome God we serve. Mental Health Awareness Month. Well, isn't it awesome? Well, we sure got something for it. And that's a renewed mind. I believe this is the answer for dementia. I believe this is the answer uh, for Alzheimer's. I believe this is the answer for all the stuff 
that's been going on with people's minds is they just got to get saved. I can't say no plain in that, brother. You just got to get saved from the inside out. No, you just can't wash off the outside man. Get saved from the inside man, inside out. Let the Spirit of God come inside of you and sanctify your soul. That's what had to happen. Receive the blood of Christ, Hebrew 9, 14. Cleanse your conscience from dead works so you can serve the living God. Let me show you that verse. That, that verse is so powerful. Hebrew chapter 9, verse 14. See, this is what you got to do. This is no game. We just got to stop playing church. Playing church. You know, we get our praise on. Nothing wrong with that. I like to get my praise on. But make sure you're saved first. Hebrew chapter 9, verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offer himself with our spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? It takes the Holy Spirit to cleanse our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Let, let me show you. See, this thing is not done by might. It's not done by power. It's done by the Holy Spirit. And what we got to understand is my job is to believe the word and the Holy Spirit will do a work in you, man. This is an awesome thing. You know, I like the Apostle Paul when the Apostle Paul said, look at Colossians 1.23. Let me show you what Paul says. In Colossians chapter 1. We're going to go, we're going to do uh, uh, Colossians chapter 3 also because we're going to teach some in there. Colossians chapter number 1. Watch verse 23. He said, if you continue in the faith, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I am Paul that made a minister, who now rejoice in my suffering for you. Fill up that which is behind of the affliction of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Whereof I'm a made a minister, Paul says, according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you, watch this, to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery, which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, Warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man, watch this, perfect in Christ. That we might present every man perfect in Christ. You don't do anything to become perfect. You receive Christ and he makes you perfect. You only perfect it in Christ. That's why all of the teachings in church is how you got in Christ. Now that's why all of the wall, that's why all of the teachings in the church, that's why all the separations in the church. Because people are telling you you gotta get water baptized to get in Christ. You gotta get water baptized to get in the church. You've been deceived. I'm showing you right now, it takes the Holy Spirit to put you in Christ. I'm gonna give you four different scriptures to show you that the Holy Spirit is the only one that can do this thing for you. It's not by might, brother. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Watch this. In Colossians chapter 1, 
Paul said, we preach one and every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. In Christ. Paul says, whereof I labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Mightily. Let me show you another. First Corinthians 15. Oh, I thank you for the Holy Ghost. He is the teacher of the church. First Corinthians chapter 15. Let me show you another one right here. First Corinthians chapter 15. Now, in verse number nine, after Paul had talked about how he got saved, verse number nine says, he said, I'm the least of the apostles. I'm not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Remember, the church of God was dominant Jews. The church of God is the one that followed Jesus Christ called the little flock. And then they, they began to be the church that Paul worked with, preaching the gospel of the kingdom to. Peter, James, and John preached the gospel of the kingdom to. They were taken out in the book of Revelation chapter 7. The church of God are the 144,000, okay? Dumb of the Jews, all right? Now, here it is, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9. Paul says, I'm the least of the apostles, not me to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Not the, not the body of Christ. He persecuted the church of God. Then it said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Now, what is he talking about? By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labor more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Well, who was with him? The Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit here is called the grace of God. See, that's why by grace you are saved through faith. It's by the Holy Spirit you are saved through faith. That's not of yourself. It's the gift of God. So you got to understand, so when the Bible said by grace are you saved, he's talking about by the Holy Spirit you are saved. See, you're not saved because you did something. You're saved because of the Holy Spirit. Let me show you that in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. And verse number 4 says, But God who's rich in mercy, we read not the King James, we read Ephesians 2 and 4, but God who's rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath passed him, quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Now that word, by grace are you saved, is by the Holy Spirit are you saved. About what God did on the cross, that's how you're saved. See, God already crucified his son. Put his son on the cross as an offering. God called it grace. By grace, by God's finished work, are you saved. Not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Watch this. Ephesians 2, so plainly. It says in verse 5, even when we were, I'm sorry, uh, verse number 5 says, even when we were dead in sin, he has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And has raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He did all this. That in the ages to come, he might show, watch this, the exceedingly riches of his grace, the exceedingly riches of his Holy Spirit, of his mighty power, watch this, in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace, talking about by the Father's mercy, by the Father's love, are you saved. This is how you saved. But it had to be through faith. That means I got to preach it to you and you got to believe it. Those are the two things that qualify you. Then he said, by grace are you saved through faith, not in yourself, not in yourself, 
It is the gift of God. When God is going to, God saved you, he just gave you salvation. Finished all the work. Brought his son here, offered him up on the cross so he can die, buried, and raise again for you. He did everything so you will be forgiven and made right before God. Wash your sins away with his precious blood. Went into the tomb, spent three days and three nights so you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to go to the grave. Don't let nobody tell you when you die you're going to be put in the grave and God's going to come back and get you out of the grave. You're not going to see a grave. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the last four verses. Oh, grave, where is your victory? You don't have a grave. There's no grave for you. Jesus went three days and three nights in the grave for you. Whatever he did, he did it for you already. He died on the cross for you. So you don't have to die to be saved. He died so you can live. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. Who do you think that borrowed tomb was? It was our grave. So I've already been there. Already died. Already buried. And guess what? We've already raised some of that. Look, look at this again, would you? Ephesians chapter number 2 verse 5. Even when we were dead, were dead past tense. And sins has he quickened, quickened, made alive together with Christ. By grace you say, has raised us up together, made us sit together in the heavenly place in Christ, that in the age to come he might show the exceeding riches of his kindness toward us in Christ. For by grace, he's going to say it again, by grace are you saved through faith. That's not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Then he's going to say, not at works, lest any man should boast. We are his workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus on the good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. So this is what God had done. Preaching the gospel of Christ is what God has done for you. And all you need to do is receive God's love and God's kindness. To be spiritual minded is life. Let's go to Colossians. I want to show you this because this is where we, I'm going to take off with this. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter number 3. Now this is one of the things I said to you this morning. I said, if you be risen with Christ, Colossians 3, 1. Because that's how God sees you now. Raised from the dead. I know you got 95% of the church waiting on Jesus. And yet they'll turn around and preach if you be risen with Christ. Well, what do you think Christ coming back for? They think Christ coming to get you out of the grave. And then we're going to go to heaven and stay a little while. Then we're going to come back to the earth and we're going to possess the earth. Listen, you can't live here without a flesh or body. So you need to ask somebody. You need to ask somebody. Watch this. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ. He told you to seek things above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. He told you in the verse. Look at the verse verse. Set your affection on things above, above heavenly things. Not on things of the earth. Why? Because you are dead. Now, if I'm already dead, but that's not all. That's just one verse. You're dead. And your life is here with Christ in God. See, why is my life in Christ? Because I gave Christ my life. Christ gave me his life. 
Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave his life for me. He gave his self for me. Let me, let me show you another one. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. See, you got to understand, you don't let people tell you, let them show you the word. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made Christ to be sin. I'm reading out the King James Version. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Remember, Christ knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. See, there was an exchange. God gave me his life through his son, and I received it, his life in me. Now, he took my life to the cross, died in my place, and then turned around and gave me his life. So I got his life, he got my life. That's all right. My life was messed up anyway. But guess what, what's what I'm going to show you what he did with it. He buried it, called buried an old man. And when he raised from the dead, he raised from the dead a new man. That's why he wants you to receive him today. Look at Colossians chapter number 3, verse 5. That's why I want to start out today. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 5. Yeah, Christ is our life. Colossians 3, 5. But he told you to mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Now, this morning I said to you, how do I do that, pastor? How do I mortify my members which are upon the earth? How, how can I mortify my members? Let's see what the members are. You know, I got these things in my life. How can I get rid of them? You get rid of them when you allow the Spirit to do it by putting you in Christ. See, all this stuff in your life is letting you know you're not in Christ. Let me say that again. So when I got all of this junk in my life, it's letting me know I have an old life. I got to put off this old man. How is it going to happen? I'm going to show you how it's going to happen. He said mortify. We're going to read this a while. And verse number five. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication. How am I going to get that out of my life? Uncleanliness and ordinance affection. Evil concupiscence. Evil desires and passions. Covetousness. Idolatry. How, how am I going to get all that stuff out of my life? He doesn't just stop right there. In verse 8, he told you how to get off. He said, but now put off all, how am I going to put them off? I mean, man, I wish I could just take this coat off and all this junk of my life will come off together and then I turn around and put on a new coat. Well, that's what you're doing, but the new person you're putting on is Christ. But it's not you who got to do it. That's what makes it so good. Woo! That's why Philippians says, let this mind, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Let it be. You know, God wants to save us if we'll let him. And that's what, my, well, that's what I would say to you. Let God save you. Let God save you. He, he already died to save you. Let him save you. Your life is messed up right now. Right now, your life is messed up. All of this junk in your life. And you want God 
to be a part of it. No, no. He loved you. He already died for you. But you got to let him do the work now. The son of God has already died. He did the work to save you. Now the Holy Spirit is standing at the door. That's why Revelation 3, let me read you a verse of Revelation 3, 10 says. See, we got all this junk we hide in closets and everywhere we don't want nobody to know our lives. Got to get clean out. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 10. Watch what it says. See, when, 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 when God spoke to the church, they didn't, they didn't understand. But he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man would hear my voice and open the door, that's verse 20. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. I'm sorry, I didn't give you the verse. Revelation 3, 20. Behold, this is what he said to the church at Laodicea. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, open the door. I will come into him. I will sup with him or I'll fellowship with him and he with me. That's what he said to the church. See, what we're saying, we're saying we're the church, but we don't have Christ in the church. If Christ is not in you, you're lost. You can go to a physical church. You can say, I got baptized now as a baby, or I got baptized last week, and all this stuff about your baptism had nothing to do with your salvation. If the Holy Spirit is not in you, you are dead in your sins and trespasses, and your soul will go to hell if you die. But all that can be changed. All that can be changed. Look at Colossians again, chapter 3. He started out with a list. He says, mortify therefore your members. I'm going to show you the, how you're going to do that in a moment. Fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. Then he's going to start back up at verse 8. Pull off all these anger, wrath, and malice, and blasphemy, and filter communication out of your life. Why, why, why is all this stuff in your life? You got on the old man. You still got on the old man. Come to church. Come to church in the morning and already angry. Listen, you still got on the old man. See, once you put on the new man, you're going to be able to love. Oh, I pray for you today. I pray. God knows I pray that this word will change your life. Because if you got on the new man, you're able to love. The new man is not selfish. Everything got to go my way. If it don't go my way, I don't have nothing to do with y'all. The new man don't hate. The new man is not a man of bitterness and all that. No, no, no. The little new man is righteousness and peace and joy, man. Listen, listen. Kindness, meekness, temperance, faith. Listen, that's the new man. This old man here. Put off all these. Anger, wrath. Malice, blasphemy, filter communication out of your mouth, cursing and swearing, lying to one another. Seeing you have put off the old man, watch this, with his deeds. Put it off. But how did it happen and what I'm going to show you? Put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge. The new man is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. See, in the new man, 
is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, Cynthia's bond or free, but Christ is all in all. When you are put on the new man, it's not about who you are no more. You lose your identity. You lose this, your identity. All men are created equal. God so loved the world that he died for all men. There's no more black church, white church, Jew church, Greek church. Oh, man, listen, you, that's not the body of Christ you're talking about, is it? Let, let me show you the body of Christ. Let, let me give you a picture of the body of Christ. Let's show you how the body of Christ started out. In Acts chapter number 13, in verse 1, let me show you the body of Christ. Now, this is the body of Christ here. I don't know what people call today. They, they think we got a white church, a black church, and listen, is it the body of Christ? You can't, you can't be black church, white church no more. Jew church, Greek church, Methodist church. We got all these kind of churches. In, in Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, now that we're in the church, there was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, Lucius of Serene, man, which has been brought up with Herod the Tetarch, Tetarch and Saul, and as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost says, separated me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Isn't that something? I don't see nowhere in there that it, does, it, it did all those names. All these different people, and watch what it says. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed to Cilicia, and from this they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews, and they also had joined to their ministry. But when you see these people, if you go over in verse number 13, Verse 13 says, Now when Paul had and his company loosed from Pampas, they came to Pergus, Pamphylia. All these different places. Why, why are they going? Paul could not continue to be a Jew in his heart if he go minister to the Gentiles. That's why he said to the Gentiles, I became a Gentile. So he had to understand that you, God give you gifts and ability to, to minister to different people, but you must become who they are to win them for Christ. You got to understand something. You got to decrease. Christ got to increase in your life. We can't continue to be this fleshly person and expect we, to build the church. The body of Christ in Galatia. Look, look at Galatia. Let me show you to you again in Galatia. Galatia chapter 3. See, this word just keep going, man. It never stop. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27. It says, For as many of you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now once you put on Christ, watch what it says in verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek nor bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. Now see, churches can't handle that. They just can't handle that. I mean, if, for when a woman coming to the pulpit, the first thing church would say is, ma'am, 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 you that mic over there, you can't, you can't stand over here. He's looking at her as a woman still. Listen, you can't look at people in the church anymore like that. If they're in the church, they're in Christ. You have to go by their gift 
and measure of grace. You can't go by that no more. You can't go by that no more. If they're in the flesh, you'll sit down. I can understand that. But you can't be looking at them whether they're male or female, born or free. See, they are, because everybody one in Christ in the church. And that's what you got to understand. Everybody's one in the church. No, no little eyes and big U's. Everybody have different ministries, different gifts in the church. The key is we have to make sure that people are educated and get out of religion, tradition of men and be who God has called them to be and not who they want to be. And stop trying to please people and all this other religious stuff in the church. That, that's, the, that's what the problem is. We're trying to be show-offs. Want people to see us. Want to be more than we are. That's the kind of stuff that God don't like. All right. But you have the anointing and have the gift. Then, okay, let's do it. But if you don't have the anointing, don't have the gift, don't have the grace, don't have the ability, then you need to sit down and be taught. Hallelujah. All right. Now, I gave you Colossians chapter 3, and I said I was going to show you something. I am going to do that. Colossians chapter 3, once more, verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon earth. Fornication, uncleanness, and all your affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. How do I do it? How can I mortify these things? Let me show it to you. Let's go back to chapter 8 of Romans, where my teaching is today, and we're going to show it to you. How do I do it? How do I mortify these things? The word mortify means put them to death. How do I put to death these things in my life that I do not want? You need to be saved. You think I'm just telling you that. See, for so long, I thought I was saved. You know, like I said, I've been going to church since I was about 13 years old. You know, I'm from Mississippi, the plantation, refuse, all that kind of stuff. You know, the river bridge, all that kind of stuff. But, and I walked up the highway about a mile or so to get to church. You know, we, you know we, we, I loved the singing, and I was on the morning bench and all this, but I wasn't saved. I came to church, I joined New Bethel Baptist Church in Pontiac, but I wasn't saved. One day, I realized that God had saved me. I walked to that altar. God's my witness. And I got down on my knees before God. And I said, Lord, I receive your salvation today. From that day on, I've been a new creation in Christ. From that day on, I've been going to church. I'm talking about now 45, over 40 years. I've been going to church, giving my offerings to the Lord on Sundays. My wife and I go into Bible classes. We live a godly Christian life for over 40 years. Well, I had to be saved. See, that's the thing. A lot of, you know, they asked me, how my wife and I stayed married for 50 years? You know what I told them? First of all, we both got to be saved. See, two people can live together if both people will get saved. It's hard to live with somebody ain't saved. Don't shout me down. Because one person going to want the world and another person going to want God. 
But when two people are saved, both want to go to church together, both want to live together. See, but if one want to be a big eyes and the other was a little you, you're going to have problems. If you got one person who want to be more than they are, want to be something that they're not, they're always going to be fussing and arguing in that relationship. But when two people are walking humility before God and just let God lead and guide them, see, that's what happens when you get saved. You're led by the Spirit, not by your human nature. That's what I read about Romans chapter number 8. But let's show you this in, as we read down in, in Romans chapter 8. Verse 13, told you how to modify that's what I want to show you. So in verse 12, Romans 8 and 12, Paul said, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live out the flesh. You owe the flesh nothing. But in verse number 13, he said, But if we live out for the flesh, you're going to die. Let me say it again. If you live out for the flesh, you're going to die. That's Romans chapter 8. That's why I read to you Colossians 3, 5. Modify therefore your memory which is upon the earth. Because if you walk after the flesh, Romans chapter 8, verse 13. If you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do modify, that word again, if you modify, modify what, pastor? The deeds of the body, you shall live. I'm showing you how to live. John 10 and 10, Jesus said, I am come that you might have life. That's why he came, so you can have life. John 14 and 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. John 11, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. See, he's the life. So when you get saved, you got to put on life. This is not some man do for you in no church ceremony. Look at all these people. That's what I cry. This is why I weep. Look at all these people that go into church every week telling you they got water baptized for their salvation. My heart cries because that has nothing to do with your salvation, sir. Nothing. Romans 8, 13. Let me read it again. And I'm going to read out the good news. If you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit modify the deeds of the body, you shall live. If you do not put off this old man, you're going to die. If you don't renew your mind, you're going to die. But if you renew your mind, you're going to live. Is that simple or what? This is no game. And then you go to a church where a man tells you, I can baptize you in water in Jesus' name. And you'll put off the old man. Listen, he lied to you. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die in your sins. That man cannot get rid of your old man by the water baptism. That's his tradition. That's his religion. Romans chapter 8 and verse 13. For if you live according to your Human nature. If you, I'm reading out the good news. If you live according to your human nature, you are going to die. But if you, by the Spirit, if, if you, if, if by the Spirit, 
You put to death your sinful actions. He told you how to do it. You put to death your sinful action by the Spirit. If you, if you allow the Spirit to put to death your sinful action, you shall live. Man, that's, that's some awesome stuff. If you don't modify the deeds of your body, if you do not allow the Spirit to change you from an old man to a new man, to an old woman to a new woman, you're going to die in your sins. And you go to church every Sunday. Give your offering every Sunday. Tell the preacher you love God because that's all you know. But he lied to you. He didn't tell you how to be saved. He told you what his denomination teaches. He's not telling you out the Bible. Christ died to save you. Woo. 1 Corinthians 15. I can't say it enough. Christ died on the cross to save you. The apostle Paul himself was deceived. 1 Corinthians 15, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you of the King James, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you have received, where you stand by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached to you, unless you believe in vain. I delivered you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried and God raised him from the dead the third day. This is how you're saved. That's not what people are telling you. This is what makes me angry. People love their religion tradition more than they do your soul. If you love the mind's soul, tell them the truth. You're going to lose your religion tradition. But tell the people the truth. That's why I tell people, I've had people to walk away here. I've had them to walk away because we did not do communion on the table no more. And I told them, I said, I can't do it no more. Why you can't do it, Pastor? Because I was reading this book. I'm going to read John chapter 5. In chapter 6, but I'm going to read this out of chapter 6 first. I was reading this book in the book of John, and I saw even last night, I watched this last night again, the Gospel of John. And the Gospel of John is in the Good News Bible, the words of the Good News Bible. If you ever Google and say, I want to watch the Gospel of John, that's the book he's going to give you, the good news. But Jesus kept saying, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. King James used to turn, verily, verily, I say to you. But let me show you this. John chapter 6. When you look at this, it's like, this is what convicted me. You know, I was, I, I was a pastor, and that's all I kept doing. I kept serving the bread on the table. And then one day, I was reading John chapter 6. And I was reading in John chapter 6. I'm reading out of the good news right now. And I'll read verse 25. Read along with me. John chapter 6 verse 25 said, When the people found Jesus on the other side of the lake, they said to him, Teacher, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I'm telling you the truth. I love that. He said, You are looking for me because you ate bread and had all, your, all you wanted. 
See, that's why you're looking for me because you ate bread and you had all you wanted. Not because you understood my miracles. Then he asked him a question. Do not, he said, look, do not work for food that spoils. Instead, work for the food that lasts for eternal life. This is the bread which the Son of Man will give you. This is the food which the Son of Man will give you. Because God the Father has put his mark and approval on his son. So they asked, what can we do in order, in order to do what God wants us to do? Jesus answered and says, God wants you to do is to believe in the one he sent. They replied, what miracles will you perform so we will see it and believe you? We will, what would you do? Our ancestors ate manna. Then they're going to bring this up. Oh, they shouldn't have did that. They said, our ancestor, we're in verse 31. Out of good news, John 6, 31. They says, our ancestor ate manna in the wilderness, in the desert. Just as the scripture says, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus said this, I'm telling you the truth. Jesus says, what Moses gave you was not the bread from heaven. I don't think people heard what he says. The bread that the law gave you was not the bread from heaven. The natural bread was not the bread from heaven. He said, look, I'll tell you the truth. Moses gave you, the bread Moses gave you was not from heaven. It is my father who gave you the real bread from heaven. For the bread that God give you is he. Oh my God. He who come down from heaven and give life to the world. This is the bread, the person, Christ. You know what we do? We eat the bread on the table and we don't preach to people Christ. And we expect them to get eternal life. That's what we do. We feed the people bread off of a table that we got from the store. And we expect them to get eternal life. Then we wash them off in a natural water pool and we think they say. You in religion, tradition of men, you are deceived and you're deceiving the people who follow you. John chapter 6. Watch what Jesus says. Verse 33, the bread that God gives is he who come down from heaven and give life to the world. That's the, that's the true bread. Sir, they asked him, give us this bread always. Don't drop the cup. Jesus said, look, I'm the bread of life. Well, what am I? You know, when God showed me that, he said, look, I'm the bread of life. Then I'm like, what am I giving these people? I'm giving these people bread that I'm buying from the store and telling them it's going to give them life. I'm baptizing them in water in Jesus' name, telling them they're going to have life. Thank God he owed my eyes. John chapter 6. Sir, they asked him, give us this bread always. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Jesus told them, he who comes to me will never hunger, will never be hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. Now I told you, that you have seen me but would not believe. Everyone who would, whom my father give 
me will come to me and I will never turn away anyone who come to me because I have come down from heaven to do my own, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Verse 39, it is the will of him who sent me that I should not lose any of those who, whom, whom he has given me, but I shall raise them up all to life on the last day. And he did. We just think the last day is in our future and is not in our future. All right, is in our past. All right, now, for the last 10 minutes. To be spiritual minded is life. To be spiritual minded. So we see it's going to take the Holy Spirit to mortify, to give us that new life. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter number 6. I was going to give you this morning. I'm going to give it to you now. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. See, all of these things are talking about the same thing if you really can know how to hook it up. You got to have the Holy Spirit to see this stuff, though. Finally, my brother, I'm reading out Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 out of the King James. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Watch this. Put on the whole arm of God. Now, what is he telling them to do? Finally. Watch what he said. Look, finally, brothers, I want you to put on the whole arm of God. Well, what's the whole arm of God? Christ. Put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all he's telling them. People going to church. But have you put Christ on? I want to read this out of the good news. Finally, build up your strength in union with the Lord and by means of his mighty power. Put on all the armor that God gives you. Put on all the armor that God gives you. Well, what's all the armor? It's Christ. So that you will be able to stand up against the devil's evil tricks. We are not fighting against human beings, but against the wicked spiritual forces in the heavenly world. The rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers of the, this dark age, Paul says. So put on God's armor now. Well, what's God's armor? It's Christ. See, when you put on Christ, you put on God's armor. But he's going to tell you all the parts of the armor, that's all who Christ is. So put on God's armor now. Then, when the evil day comes, you'll be able to resist the enemy's attacks. And after fighting to the end, you will still hold your ground. Can I get a witness up in here? Listen. Put this whole arm on. Look, don't you know viruses all around you now? Make no provision for your flesh. He said, look in verse 14. So stand ready with truth as a belt tight around your waist and as shoes the readiness to announce God's good news of peace. At all time carry faith as a shield. Carry it with you. With it, you'll be able to put out all the burning arrows shot by the evil one. Help God's salvation as a helmet. That's who Christ is. And the word of God at the sword, which the Spirit gives you, asking for God's help. Pray on every occasion as the Spirit leads. For this reason, keep alert. Never give up. Pray always 
for all God's people. Pray always for all God's people. Pray also for me, Paul says, that will God give me a message when I'm ready to preach so that I may speak boldly and make known the gospel's secret. Although I'm in prison locked up, pray that I'll stay bold. Paul was a preacher of the gospel of Christ. And that's what we got to understand. Let me keep going because I got a little, I got a little something here I want to show you. My God Almighty. Look at Galatia. But I want to show you Galatians chapter 6. No, no, no. For this time, I need to do something. Let's go back to Genesis. And let's show you chapter number 2. Let's go all the way back. I want to show you how, how this started. So next time, I'll be able to pick it up from here. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. In case somebody don't understand the word of God. Let's go back to Adam where Adam started out. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. The Lord God, I'm reading out the King James Version. The Lord God, for man of the dust of the ground and breathing to his nostrils the breath of life, man became a living soul. Now, the reason I'm showing you is I'm showing you the breath of life. Now, the breath of life is natural life. All right? Now, I've been talking about spiritual life. But Adam died twice. Let me show it to you. I'm sorry. I got to go do Genesis chapter 2, another verse here. Verse 15. And the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of, of Eden, to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. He told him, If you eat of that tree, you're going to surely die. Well, you go to Genesis chapter number 3, verse number 1. Now the serpent was more supple than any beast of the field. The Bible said, Which the Lord God had made, he said to the woman, Yea, has God said, You should not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman says to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the trees which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You should not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. God doesn't know that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes are going to be open, and you're going to be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took it, took the fruit thereof and it eat and gave to her husband and he did eat. And the Bible said the eyes of them both were open and they knew they were naked now. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden of, of the cool of the day, and Adam and his, Adam his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called to Adam and said to Adam, Where are you, Adam? God was angry. And Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. God knew when he said he was afraid, he was naked, and he hid himself. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I command you that you should not eat of it? The day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Well, when Adam ate that tree, he died. Look at Genesis chapter number 3 and verse 22. God told Adam 
If he didn't eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil, there was another tree for him to eat and he could have had eternal life. I cannot understand how can we get this mixed up. Please look me in the face and tell me, how did you get this mixed up? God told you in Genesis chapter 3, verse 22 through 24, how to have eternal life. Here it is, we come to a day that people tell you you can get baptized and have eternal life. Listen, listen, watch what he told Adam. Genesis chapter 3, verse 22. The Lord God says, Behold, the man is becoming one of us to know good and evil. Now lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life. If he'll eat the tree of life, he'll live forever. God told man how to live forever. Eat the tree of life. And then Jesus come and tell them, I am the bread of life. If you eat of this tree, you're going to live forever. If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you're going to live forever. See, God told you how to live forever. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive his death, burial, and resurrection. Genesis chapter number 3, verse 22. And the Lord God said that man is becoming one of us to know good and evil. Now lest he put forth his hands. Take also the tree of life, eat, live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him from the garden of Eden to, dress, to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man. He placed the man at, placed at the east of the garden cherubims and flame and fire which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Now man could not get to the tree of life. But God sent his son. He sent the tree of life here. And all you need to do is receive him. Jesus come in John 10 and 10 and says, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Receive him right now, every head bow. My God Almighty, you don't have to go do something. You need to receive. You need to believe. Christ died for your sins already. Bear it. He died on the old cross. He took our shame. Isaiah said he was wounded for our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities and then the chastisement of our peace was on him. And with his stripes we are healed. Peter says, 1 Peter 2.24, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we've been dead to sin. Should live on the righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Jesus paid it all. Praise and the glory.